because I believe science might offer an answer to the curse of the Bambino. Why someone took so long to hire that guy is beyond me. Anybody who's not tearing their team down right now and rebuilding it using your model, they're dinosaurs. One of the great things about money is it, it buys a lot of things. One of which is the luxury to disregard what baseball likes, doesn't like, what baseball thinks, doesn't think. <laughs> this is threatening not just a way of doing business, but, it's, but in their minds, it's threatening the game. How can you not be romantic about baseball? Hey, welcome to Top Velocity here, the lazy podcast. I mean, the lazy podcast here. Um, sitting here on the recliners in Top V. I uh, just thought we'd do a little podcast. Stephen Lacey is back from season. Really exciting season. He went from college baseball to independent minor league baseball. Pretty exciting run to go from a full college season to a wood bat league, coastal yeah, plains, summer ball, then into uh, the American Association. Yeah, American Association. And uh, in Chicago, Chicago Dogs. Yeah. And almost win the whole thing. Yeah, it was pretty exciting. Yeah, so uh, tell people like what it was like. You were going into what year in college and just kind of walk them through the whole process. So I was uh, in my sixth year of college baseball with COVID and a red shirt. And then uh, just wanted to keep pursuing. So I went to play college summer ball, hopefully get some more looks. Hopefully play uh, in front of some scouts and see what could happen with the draft and free agent period. But, you know, it didn't get picked up. So I started making some phone calls and you know, found a way to get into independent baseball, which has been awesome. Yeah, and you so you you started the season. Well, actually, let's even go before that. So your your junior year, you you went and played uh, in the Northwoods League in the summer, right? Yeah, and that's really where you started to have a lot of success. Because I mean, even before that, let's just go back to South Alabama. Like you were you were struggling, right? Yeah. Let's start from there. Start from that freshman year of like. South Alabama, right? Well, so that would have been my junior year after two years. Oh, yeah, yeah. Start from the beginning. This is like a long, long process, and it's good for everybody to hear what he yeah. went through. So I uh, graduated high school in 2017, went to a small junior college in Mississippi, and uh, at that point, I was finally hitting a growth spurt. I was a little bit of a late bloomer. Um, had a lot of success my sophomore year, ended up signing D1 to go to South Alabama, and then my first year there was when COVID hit, and then I... Uh, I lost my mechanics a little bit. Velo started dropping, didn't play a whole lot. So I redshirted and came here the season after COVID. And then I signed with Delta State. Yeah. Played two seasons. So your freshman year was? It was was Holmes Community College. And then you went to South. Yep. Alabama. Then you went to, well, you came here. You went to Delta State. But still, even at point of Delta State, you really weren't getting, like, the inning job, ultimately, that you wanted to get, right? Yeah, partly my fault you know didn't throw very well in my first couple outings but as the season went on started to settle in get a lot more appearances and then my sophomore year really kind of blossomed or my senior year there really kind of blossomed into you know what I wanted to be yeah and in Northwoods I think really helped yeah throwing a lot more innings getting more comfortable on the mound for yeah and you were an all-star in Northwoods yeah. and you threw a good amount of innings a team did you play for the Madison Mallards Talk about that experience. What was it like playing in the North Northwoods? So the Northwoods League is a grind. It's uh, supposed to mimic a lot of pro ball. So, you know, my first eight days eight days there, we played eight games, and then we had an off day and then played 28 days in a row. Wow. So it was a 
a lot of bus rides, a lot of fun though. You know, you kind of get in the pro atmosphere. We averaged 5,000 fans a game. So, you know, you get the, you get a little bit of the pro like atmosphere as well as like the grind of what professional baseball. Is then you later on played in the Coastal Plains League. What would you say? Is it, what's it compared to those two leagues? I think they're both very comparable. Like, you know, they're both very high talented leagues, got a lot of good college players that end up getting signed and drafted. So you're playing against a lot of guys that are going to be professional baseball players one day. Um, they just love the game, want to play, want to get better. So you say they're they're the same. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, well, if someone's trying to pick between the two, what would you say the pros and cons for each one? Um, there's a lot of pros to both. Uh, you know, if you like being up north in the Midwest, go to the Northwoods. If you like being kind of like in the east, on the east coast, go there. But, you know, good fan bases of both. There is a lot of high talent at both places. So Cool. So Northwoods, and you come back to Delta State, and, and right, yeah. second year Delta State, and you're senior, right? And and you do fairly well, but you did you did so much better in in the summer leagues, yeah. Because then you go to the Coastal Plains, and you did really well, didn't you? Yeah, uh, I was an All Star there too, as well, right? So why do you think you did so well in these summer leagues, man? I think the difference between like summer baseball and school baseball is not necessarily the pressure part of it, but more just like there's freedom to do. Yeah. Like you don't you have know, to worry about classes. You don't have to worry about classes. You're not waking up early for weights. You know, it's kind of like you get to do everything on your own time. Yeah. And just relax and play baseball. Yeah. I guess so you, you got to focus just on baseball. Right. Um, And then what led to out of that Coastal Plains League, tell them the process of you getting to the American Association, how that happened. You know, uh, don't forget the people that helped you along the way. Yeah. So, uh, Basically, wanted to get drafted and get signed, but, you know, cards weren't weren't going the right way for me. So I ended up calling Brant going, dude, I got to get to Pro Bowl. Like, I'm not done. I got to go somewhere. I got to go play somewhere. And he goes, well, let me call Ardsma. Yeah, and then we called the DA. Yeah, David Ardsma. He, had, he has his own uh, podcast now. Go go find the DA. I don't even know where, how to find it. But, but yeah, so he, uh, he called the Chicago Dogs and a couple other teams. Yeah. Well, David Ardsma played... Um, 14 major league teams, uh, 10 years, you know, he didn't get official eight, I think he was just shy of official eight, but he played 10 years in the league in the, in the big leagues and, uh, wind up finishing his career in the Atlantic league with the, uh, the ducks. So he, um, Dave's got a lot of respect for any ball and he's, he's got some good connections there. Yeah. Which wouldn't you say his connections help? Oh yeah. Yeah. So shout out to David for, for yeah. helping you. And I think you did him right. I think he was excited. He posted your uh, one of your pictures yeah. the other day. So he's because you tell me when you went out to work with David. Uh, it was the summer of 2021, so two years ago. Yeah, along well, with Keegan, and you went with Riggett, yeah. Big Rig. Oh, yeah. and uh, just talk about what did what do you think you learned from David out there? I think I learned a lot about like how to go about your business just playing catch because one thing he told us that kind of stuck with me was like every day you play catch, like play catch with a purpose, like yeah. try to throw the pitches to the spot you would want to throw them in game because if you're a lazy catch play partner, it's going to transition over into the games. Yeah, David is Mr. Perfectionist. I mean, as well as like all the stuff he does with Top V Pro and like learning where to throw pitches. And right, and and he, he gave you access to his uh, – Basically, they, him and this guy do that algorithm of where you, how to improve your pitches, where to throw your pitches, and stuff like that. Right. Um. So, 
then all right so now you're you're in the american association what, what was it like when you first walked on the field for your did, did it feel any different than any other ball you'd play when you walked on that field um at first no there were definitely some nerves of like gee i'm going into my first pro game but uh once i got settled in it was kind of you know baseball's baseball just go out there have fun and compete so it was a good time what makes it feel like pro ball besides the fact that you get a paycheck uh everything's kind of on your own time like you do what you need to do rather than having like a structured like we're gonna lift at this time we're gonna like if you want to be successful you gotta do what you you need to do but did it feel the similar to your summer leagues uh somewhat yeah just the you know the overall experience of players that's in that league was higher so you learn a lot from those guys and just kind of yeah yeah because you, you had some um guys that played had some big league time on the team yeah um, that was pretty beneficial. What what some what are some key things you learned from those guys? Same thing with like kind of art just how to go about your business every day, like making sure you get done what you need to get done, but as well like how to keep the game fun and also the game side of things, like learning to read hitters better, like use your strengths over their weaknesses if you don't have a pitch that plays well under their weaknesses. Yeah. So just but being able to go out there instead, instead of. Beginning, you get to pro ball. Do you feel like that change in your pitch strategies? Like, you thought, did you find yourself not trying to just overpower guys, or or, or did you already have that mindset going in? Yeah, I kind of learned quickly that you know, a ninety four fastball gets hit at that level a lot more often than it does in yeah. D two in college baseball. Yeah. Did you notice there was more power in those bats than say your summer leagues or your college league or no? Uh, yeah, there was for sure more power, but I think the biggest difference was just um. Was like they don't miss mistakes in college. You'll get away with a mistake, and they might foul it off or you know roll over. Pro ball, they don't miss mistakes. Yeah, totally. So when you came in, you came in as a relief pitcher because you had been a relief pitcher all through college, yeah. and then all of a sudden one day you get this offer, this this you know I guess opportunity to be a starting pitcher. When was the last time you had been a starting pitcher to that point? My senior year of high school in 2017. So what was it like being a relief pitcher that long and then all of a sudden taking a start? Um, it was different for sure because, you know, you don't you know when you're pitching rather than just getting having to read the game or waiting for the the phone to ring and the bullpen saying, Hey, you're in but you know, it, when I first started up there, I just kinda took it as a relief appearance. I went through my daily businesses, like still played catch before BP, played hacky sack, like did the fun things before BP and all that type of stuff. But uh I kind of treated the first one like a relief appearance because I knew I was probably more likely going to be used as an opener than the starter. I think it's smart. I was watching Spencer Strider was talking about um, his mentality this season and about how him and his coach came up with this idea that he's just a closer. Every inning he goes in, he's going to act like he's a closer. So think how badass that is, a starter goes in every inning and he acts like he's a closer that's kind of like a good mentality to have because i feel like some of my starts like i would get into the mundaneness of like okay like i'm supposed to be out here for a while kind of take off like and then you realize like oh you can't take a pitch yeah, off like you have to go 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 right so you going in as a relief pitcher and keeping your relief mentality you think that helped oh yeah for sure okay um what what made you settle in and, and get comfortable and then and then they give you a lot more games as a starter? What do you think was the key besides just success? Like do you feel like you owned it? Like you you it felt 
like that felt like you? Uh, yeah, you know, I had a lot of success as a starter in high school, but I kind of took it as when I first got there, I had my first appearance and then didn't pitch for 12 days. So then when that opportunity arose, it was like, I'm going to take this and run with it because this is guaranteed innings every week. Like, I get to keep my job if I keep playing well. So, you know, I just kind of wanted to make the most of it. And, you know, we were needing a starter. So I also wanted to help the team win by doing the best I could as a starter, getting deep into games, like hand it over to the bullpen. We had one of the best bullpens in the league, which is why I didn't play much at first. I know. And then so y'all go into the playoffs. Tell me what it was like going into the playoffs with an indie ball. Oh, it was awesome. That's something like just even professional baseball is completely different than college, you know, like everybody celebrates. I mean, you celebrate in college, but there's there's only three rounds to it. You don't have a conference tournament. You don't have a regional, a super regional. Like it's a lot less games to get to that point, but, uh, you know, each game matters. So everybody took it that way and it was, it was a lot of fun. So what's your aspirations going in your off season right now? Uh, take a few weeks off, let the body just heal from a, from a very long season and then just kind of get back after it, get ready to get ready for next season. Hopefully, you know, sign an indie or affiliated contract. But if that doesn't work out, you know, go play well again and indie ball and try to win and, for that next what, year. How did you leave it with the team? Were they happy in what you did? And you feel like you'll you find a place there next year? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I had a good relationship with the coaches and the owner. So, yeah. And they just got to basically reach back out to you and re sign a contract with yeah. you. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to look forward to. I'm, I'm excited because a lot we can work on this offseason. And I know that probably won't get started for maybe um, a month from now here. You're going to go up to San Diego, work with uh, Top B in San Diego for yeah. because your sister's out there. Yeah. And then we'll see you back in here. And um, But, uh, yeah, I think if, if y'all are watching and you want to see what he does this offseason, we'll share with it as much as we can. I did a video today of – going through a little bit of his evaluation, measuring his his joint mobility and talking about common things you see in joint mobility after season wear and tear. We looked at, um, he did some jumps today. Yeah, of course, everything's down, right? You come out of a long season, almost 100 innings, and and you're not who you were when you left. Right. I mean, what's that feeling like? Tell guys, what, what does that feel like? You, you know, you work really hard in an off season and then you go out and you reap the rewards, but you play a long season and you come in and your body's just worn down and everything's down. Like, like what is, how do you deal with that? Um, I think the biggest thing is just knowing that that's natural. Like it's going to happen over a long season. It is definitely frustrating coming back and not being anywhere close to where I used to be. Yeah. Coming off of like a, but at the end, does that tell you you need to do better in season or what, what are you thinking? Uh, for sure try to keep up with things a little better in season but also like you know i'm higher than i was when i started top velocity so knowing that i'm already at a higher baseline and being able to build off of that's encouraging because i know i can get it back quickly i know i can work hard you know get back to where i was make it farther than where i was in the training and stuff like that so i mean well look, i mean I, i'm gonna i'm gonna ask a selfish question like so talk about top velocity's impact on your career like talk about don't just be cliche-ish. Talk about like specifics of at this point it did this. I needed this. It helped me with this. Like give kind of people an understanding of what Top Velocity does as opposed to just a place to come and get on a podcast. Like what what does Top Velocity help you do? So I think one thing that's helped me a lot is just being able to talk with like guys like Orzy and Keegan and not only learn 
because they got to the professional level before I did and they're an affiliated ball. So still continuing to learn from them. But, you know, when I got here, I needed velocity. I was 88, 90, hit 87, I think, in my camp. And it was, I needed to get, if I wanted to play a long career and play professional baseball, I had to get into that three to five range or higher. But uh, kind of gave me a routine. Like I'd never had a routine or something to follow to know how to get to those steps. It all just kind of came naturally up until that point. So it helped me learn like, okay, like if I really want to do this, I got to work hard at it and I've got to follow a routine and like just having a structured routine that, you know, I came in skeptical at first, like most people probably are like, can you really get me five miles an hour? And then luckily I did, but, uh, just being able to follow that routine, go through the checklist. And I remember when you hit 93 in here, you were so fired up yeah. and, and you've been up to 98 now, right? Yeah. Or higher. I hit 98 in here and then 97 in game so far. Yeah. So you've been up to 98 in that one day, you hit 93, like, what, three months, four months into that, three months into this, right? I think it took me like two weeks. Two, oh, it did? Maybe a month, maybe a full month. Yeah. And then, so, I mean, it's such a great climb. I mean, it was t- technically like you're in here 97, 98, and then you, you leave, or 87, 88, and you leave like sitting pretty easy, 95, 96, right? Yeah, for the first, like season because i mean it's been a long two years since that yeah where i was in here and that's as as a relief pitcher you lost some below as a starter yeah but uh going in relief yeah like my first year at delta state i pretty much shot four to six up to seven and then going into that northwoods league season i was three to five that's a lot of your success uh i mean having below definitely helped yeah you know able to blow the wait how how well would you have done if you wouldn't have gotten that below you know i don't know I don't know if I would have even been here in this position right now had I not gained below. Because, you know, nowadays the 95 is the new 90. Everybody wants to see hard numbers. But, uh, you know, I think I would have adapted and tried to learn how to pinpoint pitches better. But you think you would have got the same opportunity? I don't know. Probably not, you know. Well, good. So, I mean, that's hard work. I mean, it wasn't easy getting that below. Like, talk, tell them what you had to do to get that kind of below. Basically, Brent told me my mechanics were for – Better words, a pile of dog poop, but, uh, so working on mechanics, but also like knowing, okay, like he gives you things about like MLB average weights, 225. I came in weighing 195. So I was like, all right, I need to gain weight. Like I need to get stronger. You got to two what? 235. 235. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just getting stronger. Getting, but how hard was it to get, you didn't just get stronger. You became, you know, very elite as far as in baseball with your strength. With your cleans, and your cleans got up to what, 300, right? Yeah, 300. That's, I don't think, you can count them on the hand how many had hit 300 in here. Um, tell them how long it takes to build that kind of strength. I think a lot of people come in here in three weeks, they're frustrated they're not lifting like you. I think, so when I started my camp, because I did CrossFit in high school, I yeah. kind of had the, I had the basic mechanics of how to do a clean down, but I think when I came in, it was like 235 as a PR. Yeah. And it took me, I think I, went crazy when I hit 265 for the first time which was like seven months later so it took a long time it's just a steady product like each each mean 300 took like two years two three years yeah it took two uh, this uh this November will two three years so it took two years yeah took a long time yeah and then like and at that point remember that that day you came in you had a 300 clean you hit a 95 flat ground separation drill did did you find your velo had a strong correlation to where your power was that day? Yeah, for sure. 
because uh, as the season goes on, like, you know, go in the weight room, throw on cleans, 225 starting to feel heavy. Yeah. You used to feel light. And then right. you start seeing your VLO go down as the season goes on. And, you know, like I said, it's been two years since I've had a full four month off season or whatever. But, and that's really what it is. But it's, I know it's hard going from relief to starters. Is yeah. Trying to get that, the time to put your lifts in right. this season. Yeah. Well, it's awesome, man. So, um, well, look, super excited for this off season. We have a lot to, to do and, uh, you'll hopefully will show a lot of stuff of what you're doing also with or uh orzy and keegan and maybe we can do another podcast and they get here so we can all talk that'd be fun yeah that'd be cool all right cool 